Hey, I just want to ask you about your work settings because currently I'm、uh, shifting and changing my work settings to a hybrid settings and trying to manage or、uh, trying to apply、uh, flexible hours in my work day. So it's kind of a bit mess right now. I haven't fully changed and it's a hard thing for me. What are your experience about this? I want to talk about this. So, basically, I've been working for part time a while and、um, I tend to go to work for four days and I spend like four hours every day there and then one full day. I end up going to the office every day, but the good thing is I can leave early or come to the office late. But What I really wanted to do initially was to put all of that hour more in a short period of time. So maybe like 20 hours in two days or two and a half days.、Um, but that wasn't really possible. And my like HR team and the management team decided that it would be better for me to come to the office regularly and less, rather than less. And、um, yeah, that was my current setup. It will also might change.、Um, but overall, I do enjoy 20 hours of working,、um, but it's not enough money. <laughs> <laughs> so,、Jesus. yeah. <laughs> so I want to work more because、um, I need more money. <laughs> you know why? But I do enjoy the 20 hours too.、Um, I wish flexibility works in both ways. Yeah,、uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah, for me as well. Like, I'm currently working in a pro- product. I mean, in a, like, I do design, I do most of my work on computer. But even though I just work on a desk, I need to check some of the production in, our, in the facilities. So、uh, I need to be like, according to the people, <laughs> I need to be there to see that. And whenever someone needs my help, I need to be there to see and to solve the problem. And that's what,、uh, what I don't really like. So that's why I proposed、uh, going into hybrid or remote some days. And creating some flexible time because one of the things that I had a hard time doing while doing work is people think they have right to excuse you. They need, they, they can direct, like ask questions about many things. They stop your focus. And、uh, they, I mean, they interrupt is the word you are looking for. Interrupt,、with. yes, 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 yes. I'm interrupted now. And <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a meta demonstration. <laughs> <It's> a <laughs> <Yes> . And the, the problem is, like, I want to focus on, and I'm, I'm having a hard time to focus on something. I'm, I have a mild case of ADHD in a way, and I don't, I want my time, I really want to、uh, organize my time to finish the work that I need to do. So, That's like I want to work more, most of, and I can't do that. 
in an office setting. I so. think there's a bit of a uh, discrepancy. So I'd like you to elaborate on that. When you say you want to work more, uh, what um, you may be meaning two things. One thing is you may be saying, I want to spend more hours in the workplace. And the other thing is I want to spend the hours I spend on the workplace more efficiently. Which of these two problems are you referring to? Actually, I want to finish my work more efficiently. I want to finish more work this way. And if I can manage my time better, I can finish more work. That's the thing I'm kind of saying. And the other thing that uh, with the pro other problem with the uh, not remote jobs, I mean, on-site jobs, actually, mm -hmm. uh, with the terms of uh, LinkedIn and you need to commute and it takes time and when you go there you chat a lot you you don't work like if you're working for eight hours nine hours in a day you don't work for eight hours or nine hours it's not humane as well but you can't work that much hours and i want those times back on my on my side that's how flexibility can efficient Well, uh, last semester I I was doing a study on um, how monitoring affects the um, employees. Productivity. Not productivity. The em how how employees work like um, the, the in in terms of meaningful work. But uh, the thing I saw that uh, I was doing the uh, study with. Um, remote or hybrid workers and when i talked to hybrid workers they were always uh, talking uh, how um, inefficient uh, it was when they went to the office because like um, the office days uh, they, they said that office days usually fill with um, people catching up with each other drinking coffee and some maybe some meaningful not uh, meaningless uh, meetings oh sure it is yeah. uh, let me tell you almost all meetings are meaningless if if a meeting <laughs> had a point it wouldn't have been a meeting it would have been a decision dictated to you by your superior or it could have been a mail no no can i just say one thing meetings are at least meetings but when i did my internship one day A woman from the next office brought like a plate of like like deserts and like uh, food to me, and then I found out they had a gun at office <laughs> that they do monthly, and they just <laughs> brought stuff from that <laughs> during work hours. So uh, the government's work hours and private sector work hours are whole. Two different things <laughs> that has two different um, motivations. So I want to talk a bit about why having a hybrid work and like, like I want to talk a bit about hybrid working hours thing because I am positive that if I spent three days working from home with my computer and two days in the office, office would be very unproductive because you would need to go to the work, go to the office you need to set up your computer because you have a single work computer you would be moving it around and i have this excellent 
to monitor work environment built up at home that the office that will probably not exist. And what you happen. say makes, uh, I mean, it can happen. I'm not saying it won't happen. What I'm saying is it probably wouldn't. Like even uh, changing a keyboard takes some adjusting to do. Even even changing the seat height has some like. It's like uh, using. Imagine you have two cars. One is manual and one is automatic, and you switch between them at weekly intervals. Your driving would be a mess. Can I like talk? Uh, just say one thing. That fun thing that's currently I don't have a work computer at home. So I'm using my own computer, which is a Mac and mm-hmm. I use a Windows computer on work. So just think about this whenever I okay. go place. <laughs> that's, that's, an that even better, that's an even better example than manual and automatic uh, <laughs> cars. <laughs> Imagine you have a home computer of Mac and work computer of Windows and you need to switch them uh, in a weekly interval that's type of mess i'm talking about but at least i have two monitors in each place so i won't mind but i think the motivation behind hybrid working is at least when it's done uh, with sensible mindset isn't that they expect you to do productive work in the office they expect you to do productive work at your home and they expect you to fraternize with other employees in the workplace so that because companies love creating this illusion of family for their workers so that they can uh, they can give them less money for more work because of the social connection they feel to the place and they em- employers can get away with treating their employees worse by creating this illusion of family in the workplace so i think that's the point of having a hybrid working day at the office you would want your employee to feel more connected with the other employees. Um, so the the question that I wanted to ask was, you in a place where you spend time a lot, like in an office environment, especially not remote working, but just office environment, it is, I think, natural to build social relationship with the people around you, even if the company promotes it or not. Like I'm sitting next to that person every day for a certain period of time. It's by nature, you started to kind of build some sort of a relationship and connection because I, 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 I think like the connection part is not the main problem here. Um, I think the connection and building relationship is actually the solution in a way. Um, or some sort of like a coping mechanism or kind of making this uh, period more um, basically social and passable or I don't know, like fulfilling in some way, in some form. Because working, when you do work, it's with people. And when you work with people for a certain, I'm saying like, it's, by default will happen. Family is an extreme for sure. I agree with you on that. Like thinking that, that they are family, it's another level and another way of, uh, difference, but overall having some sort of like connection, even friendship, I think that is default is, or some sort of like a solidarity between your peers. 
oh, I think it's kind of normal and that's why unions need it. Like we should have even more connection. We should talk more even with the people that we're working for so that we can demand these things eventually and feel connected so that um, as a coll collective, it can create some sort of a change. Uh, because I think being secluded or not having any connection with the coworkers or not knowing what they're up to at all and totally being alone individuals in the workplace can also allow for people to, um, you know, uh, what's the word, uh, exploit you in a way. Um, not in a way, but clearly, because you, you don't really know what's happening around you. You don't really know how people are negotiating their prices, how people are uh, living, and you, you don't have anything compare yourself to because you're in your own tiny bubble. And um, I feel like when there are some sort of like a social connections happening within the discipline, not just in the workplace, um, it can allow you to find alternative ways and demand things better for your working conditions. You can clearly say, blah, 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 company does this. Or my coworker who entered to the place at the same time, earning this. Um, even though most of these connections, technically by law, is not illegal to talk about, but on the contract that you sign, sometimes it states that you cannot talk about these certain topics like wage. Um, like there are definitely models of control. That they are trying to prevent happening within this connection. And by family, like leaning towards family relationship, they start to utilize kinship uh, way of relationship into the mode of workplace, meaning that you're expected to give things, you're expected to uh, sacrifice certain things because it's family. I think that's the part where it gets really problematic uh, using that kind of like a love language and changing the narration of the work environment. But overall, having relationship or having guns or like these gatherings in the office place or slacking in lack of better term, I think it's a good thing uh, in, a, in a way uh, because you kind of gain a little bit of control in, or maybe it, it can be re read as workers or people trying to gain a little bit of control in the environment that they're aware of. It's not theirs. Yeah. Sorry for the long monologue. <laughs> no, but I want to just uh, clarify that I think the only thing we should differentiate is who are, uh, who is your family? in the work environment. If you are uh, getting along with your colleague, colleagues, it's it, it can be fine. But if you're like, if your uh, managers are saying that we are a family, it can, it is like, I don't say it's not a, it's a negative thing, but it's a risky thing. Okay, so you have made a crucial mistake, Elif. Uh, but before yes. elaborating on that, I want to ask you something. I faintly recall before you started talking you were gonna say you were saying i have one question with this and during your entire speech i, don't I didn't think ask I, any question i recall the question 
<laughs> so is there a question in there somewhere? I guess the question was like, don't you have any relationship with your like? Is it even possible to not to have any relationship in the workplace? Okay, that's that's a question. But okay, so let's let me get to this. Um, first, you have made a crucial mistake, Elif, and the mistake you have done is you have trespassed into my thesis topic territory. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> you activated um, my trap card. Because uh, at 1976, uh, a man called what was the guy's name? I think no, not Bolster. That's the book. Um, <laughs> come on, I can I can remember Check this guy's references. name. He's one of the most important people in the network theory. Uh, somebody name doesn't matter I will put link to the show notes somebody said that depending on the way people are connected to each other some have more bargaining power over others so say if in a network everybody is connected to everybody people don't have powers over each other but if some people are more connected than others like say I in the workplace I know 10 people and those 10 people don't talk with anybody else say there are, I am a supervisor of 10 remote workers Those remote workers are in a horrible position because they need to get everything by me in order to get anything done. Exactly. Whereas I'm in a great position because I can say, look, look at those 10 people. I can get them to hate you if you don't do what I say. Mm-hmm. Um, so you are absolutely right. Uh, workers com- communicating with each other and having relationships is something that benefits workers because that's... Uh, and. I am saying this because that wasn't what I said. What I said was the reason why employers want workers to come to office every now and then is so that they can build a sense of false community. Yeah. What employees do when that happens, that's totally up to them. Uh, employees, as a response, as a counterattack, sort of, can fraternize with each other and build a stronger front against the employer using the times they fraternize it. Or they can do the exact opposite. They can bicker with each other. While uh, And they can be annoyed at each other. And then they can go to supervisor. Hey, supervisor, I am very annoyed with these people. Can you help me? And then the supervisor is like, yes, I can help you with your problem. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> so my, my point is, uh, my point wasn't that Workers shouldn't have relationships with each other. My point was that employees want workers to come to the office every now and then so so that they can exploit them better. Whether they are right or wrong totally depends on the type of employee employees they are working with. Can I also add another thing? The point of like I think the hybrid working became more normal, uh, especially with during the COVID naturally and um, or naturally I'm not sure. If- the right word but it, it happened and um, it became mainstream and a lot of workers a lot of companies in a way were able to facilitate those needs without it were without that much of a especially big companies uh, shortcomings they were able to facilitate those needs and things were able to move on and people were still some people were still able to get paid and i think the biggest problem right now uh, Those spaces, office spaces are still there, 
they still pay rent. There are still a lot of things have been invested on them and they are still trying to invest more things into the office, office space to make it like Google headquarters. We have a slide. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, and, 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 and kind of that way, uh, they are still trying to make that uh, fun, quirky, new way of working place. And that's after like giving all the toys to your kid in a way. And now the kid is grown up and telling you, you know what? Actually, I'm okay in my room. <laughs> I don't want to come out and play. Uh, I think that's kind of the, where the main problem starts to happen. Like, because they want that facade so that they can show it to investors so that People can come in from the outside and see that things are actually happening. And when you people are actually working remotely or not really at the office, you have people not working and you don't see people actually working, right? You, you don't see people on their desk doing something. You just see an empty space and that worries you. I think what you said in a way, Janet, is, is totally correct that like having them in there, in a way, it's kind of like a hoarding workers in a one tiny space is uh, one way to kind of feel like, yeah, things are moving because look at those old people came here and doing things. You don't know what they're doing, but they're here. I, I have I have to cut cut in and uh, say 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 one thing. Uh, this year, uh, Google has decided to uh, cut down its some of its perks. They aren't. No, uh, they are no longer offering free snacks or fo other foods and some other perks anymore. <laughs> I just wanted to, I, I just find it uh, funny. Like you can't have lunch at office. You can't have lunch. Like you can't. You shouldn't have lunch in office. Like it's not sanitary. There is like the smell, <laughs> like back at my first working place. Like I worked in a single company, but that company moved. So the first working place is the place my company uh, was in when I started. Mm -hmm. uh, we had a, a kebab restaurant at the ground floor and a single air vent. So our toilets smelled like kebab during lunch hours. <laughs> <laughs> Even when people weren't eating lunch at the workplace, the workplace smelled like kebab and it wasn't nice. So I, I am perfectly behind the position of not eating in the office. Like maybe you can have a cafeteria like place, but um, I have a bigger, bigger uh, qualm with what you have said. I see this uh, image of a evil nefarious capitalist person who, who takes some sort of special kick from seeing his uh, workers working in the same room with him. Uh, I don't think that's an accurate depiction. I, I don't agree with this notion. I don't think uh, the people who want to get people in the offices or the people who want to get people out of offices are necessarily doing it in order to get some kick. I think there are some really uh, mathematical calculations behind those decisions, I like whether they work or not. I think these are decisions taken on whim and personal arrogance. Yeah, I yeah, think these yeah, yeah. are decisions that are very calculated and very mechanical. Um, this is like I can totally understand why an 18th century industrialist or a 19th century industrialist would want more workers 
in his factory for longer hours because the amount of uh, production workers produce does not depend on the hour itself and labor is cheaper due to mechanization. Like you can say you can work for 10 hours and produce 10 amount of goods. And if you work for six hours, you will produce six amount of goods. And if you don't want to work here, you can go and somebody else can come. I, uh, I don't think that's evil either. I think these are just people responding to the incentive structures. But another thing I want to say is Google is a bad example. Google is a very like famous top of the line working place. Most people don't work on Google, like the plurality of people. Yeah, yeah. Vast majority of people, in fact, <laughs> don't work on Google. Um, and the, the type of place that an average person would work on, average white-collar person would work on, is probably run by a middle manager uh, who has some notion of what a, how a company should be run. And this notion includes that people should be sitting in front of their computer all day. People should be having this amount of coffee breaks or this amount of toilet breaks. But what are those people doing in front of their computers? Are they entering Twitter? I don't know. I don't care. That's mm-hmm. the type of place people usually work in. And that's how guns happen. Because people are given work that they, they can do in maybe two or three hours. But they're expected to sit in front of their computers for nine hours. So what will they do with the rest of those seven hours? That's where guns come from. By the way, should we explain what a gun is? I think we should. I feel like maybe we ever... could. <laughs> I think we we might, we might have, have. Once, <laughs> but we can still explain it now. Okay. So, <laughs> is anyone going to explain it? Gun is when uh, each participant is expected to bring a certain amount of food and people socialize while eating. Yes. Mm. Yeah. So it's it's like a company picnic organized by employees uh, against the wishes of the boss. <laughs> well, it's not an employee thing, but yeah, it's a, like usually. I mean, no, but it's an employee thing because think about it. It is commonly done by uh, women who are housewives. Exactly, housewives <laughs> are the employees. Husbands are the bosses, <laughs> and things are made against the explicit desires of the. Uh, employers who are the husbands. In fact, usually when housewives organize a gun, they throw the husband out of the house. Guns are guns are a union of emotional labor. Yes. Guns <laughs> <laughs> are the thing that most resembles socialism in Turkish working environments. <laughs> they I are. think like uh, the American. Um, like equivalent could be like Tupperware, um, Tupperware meetings, I think. And that was happening back in the day. Yeah, that also happened. Yeah. That also happened here <laughs> in Guns. So sometimes people do want to tell you some like <laughs> MLM schemes or like, <laughs> have you considered joining Avon? Whew. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of those. The only company earns from this and they make money out of this is Tupperware then. (laughs) It all goes up to there, right? Mr. Pinelli, is there something you want to share with your friends? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess, wait, this is not coming known here, right? 
So my uh-huh. mom, my mom is a Tupperware distributor. <laughs> <laughs> and in fact, she even does uh, like she gave my mother some uh, freezer uh, things for cheap. It was a it was a good deal. I, Binali's mother is very well liked in our household. In for that reason. <laughs> My mom was a Yvonne distributor too, so. <laughs> yeah, my mom was Earthflame. <laughs> oh no, what's happening? <laughs> anyway, Ines, now we, we will ask you to open your email and start ordering from the brochures we have sent you. <laughs> my, my mother was a regular uh, employer, an industrialist, a capitalist person. My mother was a was a type of person who exploited people's labors in order to uh, future her interests. So so like shame on you for not being that, I guess. <laughs> I just want to say like because we've been talking about this, like companies wanting to like make a family environment at the office, etc. And I just want to say like. Jokes on them. I don't even like my own family. Like, yeah, I, w- I wanted to say that too. Uh, they ask, uh, like, um, it is because people in Turkey. I mean, I guess it's in the US too. But I think this is also true for US because in US and in Turkey too, a family is considered to be a very important facet of your uh, social life. Like, I don't think this is the case in Europe. Uh, well, in Northern Europe, I guess Italians are. I guess Mediterranean people are like us in that regard. Um, family ties are very important in Turkey. And in Turkey, if somebody considers you their family, that's a very, like, not only high praise, but they, they would do things that would defy mm-hmm. rationality for you. Mm-hmm. It is the under situation. So, and also in Turkey, family establishments are very common, like uh, family-owned yeah. companies. It's the most common. Like the father is behind the counter, mother is cooking in the background, and kids are serving food. These kinds of restaurants and other different establishments are very common. Actually, there's a reason for that. Uh, I mean, there's a proposed reason for that. It isn't something scientifically proven, but people think this is because Turkish people are very difficult to get along with. So the pa- partnerships built on not family ties get broken yeah. and partnerships built on family ties remain. I see. Yeah, but I think it's on the contrary. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yes, I was going to say that uh, during my, uh, what was it called? Entrepreneurship, uh, entrepreneurship course, uh, one of my entrepreneurship courses, uh, it was uh, noted that... Um, Uh, while it seems like uh, family establishments last longer, uh, they uh, most of them uh, definitely break up when um, when a family member passes passes away or when the main person uh, when there's a small problem, <laughs> it, it, it crumbles more easily than other kinds Fighting of establishments. Yes. I have I have an alternative proposal for you, John. This, by the way, L- well, alternative like ex- explanation for you. I think a lot of it also comes from. Oh, you have this kebab place. Our Yan has no job. 
Richard <laughs> clean the tables for you. Come on, come on. You, you're connected by blood. Come on. Oh yes, that's the thing that totally happens in Turkey. Um, like the, the Turkish society is quite interesting. Like a lot of things don't happen like they write in the economic textbooks. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, what I said was was coming from a textbook, so. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't an economics textbook, but that's not my point. Um, uh, it was, but. The, the more uh, the thing where I'm going with the family-like work environment exploiting people is uh, there's this general understanding in Turkish workplaces that uh, whatever it is written on your contract, you should be doing more. And you wouldn't do that for a regular... Um, like, you need to be... Obviously, you are not financially motivated to do the extra things. So why do you do the extra things? Because it's a family-like environment or because... You come from a sort of family structure where you are supposed to do what you are told without asking questions. If you are working with your peers, obviously you start asking questions. And when you start asking questions, the answers these questions produce are not well liked by your employees. Mm. So they are more incent- so they are inclined to make you feel like you aren't in a position to ask questions at all, which is a family mm-hmm. in Turkey. I think that's also a very Turkish thing, yes. The like you are not supposed to question your family, especially your elders thing, because that's not that that's not as much of a thing as like in Europe or in America, especially. No, I, I think in US it's uh, like US in terms of family hierarchy is more similar to us than hmm. to Europe. I'm sorry, US people. I, I really didn't want this to follow on you, but I, I, I am merely a spokesperson for science. I am not producing it. Um, but also I want to say my family in particular isn't like that in my family um, I do question things and it is generally expected that family members should be questioning things in the internal family not with my grandparents with my grandparents it's a whole other story but my mother often laments that if she has produced me as a more obedient person I would be creating less headaches (laughs) I guess like the other kind of thing that I can add on to this narrative is that there the capitalism in overall, like the current way of work model promotes that if you work hard, you will earn more. The merit is the system in a way. And that's not true at all. That exactly. Like, huh? Like in, in reality, that's not the case, but the narration of it, I feel like there is that kind of a belief that... Oh, yes, narration is... Yeah, yeah, like the reality does not di- definitely do not correspond. But that fake dream or, you know, oh, you just have to... In in, in Turkish, like we have a saying, I don't know, like that kind of like a... So if you work hard, you you're you're going to get brighter and better and richer and um while i'm saying this i'm also by the way that isn't about hard work <laughs> that is about education that saying isn't <laughs> about hard work at all <laughs> i mean it is used wrongfully but that's not where it comes that's not how it's originated that's just how people sometimes use it to uh, insult people who are slacking off but it yeah. wasn't always the case but i, I think uh, that's also another thing like overall um I wanted to add into that false um, narrative that, like, yeah, come to the office, 
do overtime and do some sort of like sacrifice because you, the hard work that you are doing will be noticed by the papa and mama in the upper office and they will definitely reward you with cakes and cuddles and <laughs> uh, bonuses and extra holiday time that you will need. That will definitely for sure happen. And who knows, maybe one day you can get your big sister's room too and you can have a not a twin size but a double size bed like <laughs> uh, I, I i think that there's that kind of a yeah, that's a very accurate that's a very accurate depiction of the work environment <laughs> uh, yeah that's yes that's yes that's exactly true um in in, in my workplace in particular the general tone was Yeah, right now we are in a bit of a pickle as a company, but if we work, if all of us work very hard and if all of us work more than written on our contract, we will be able to get in a better place, which will, which will compensate us, maybe? <laughs> okay, uh, maybe. I, I, I want to add on the thing, like, uh, how many hours a week were you working, Ash? Okay, so let me, let me tell you my tale of woe. <laughs> Let me tell you the reason I started graduate school. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I was working as an engineer in a place and uh, the official legal uh, hours of... Do, do, by the way, do you guys know this? What was the... I, mean, I think that it is the number is still the same. What is the legal maximum number of hours you can... Uh, get a worker to work in a week in Turkey without it being overtime. 45 hours, I guess. 42? 42. I mean, okay, any other uh, guesses? I think answer. it's 40. Uh-huh. Is that, do you have any theories on this? I remember it's 45. Okay, so NS, just like they did to me, they are ripping you off as well. The number is 40. Finale is right. Any work more than 40 hours a week constitutes as overtime and they should be compensated with one half the hourly wage you are getting. And your hourly wage is calculated by dividing your monthly wage to 225. Nobody knows why. Nobody knows where that number comes from. But, uh, maybe that's uh, for... Also, like if you work on Sundays, for example, you earn double of that amount. First of all, you can't work on Sundays in Turkey. In Turkey, legally, if you do, if you are, first of all, your uh, regular working schedule cannot be Sunday, even though most people do it. Uh, like there is no way that your employer demand you to work on uh, Sunday involuntarily. Mm -hmm. um, that's that's strictly illegal, even though most people do it. Um And if you do work on Sundays, it says it is double wage uh, overtime. If you work on Saturday, Saturdays it's one half. And if you work regular overtime, also in uh, like uh, holidays, um, common holidays, uh, religious holidays, that's also uh, double two times. But uh, like the technical part is maybe not very interesting for our audience. But uh, what I'm coming at is, 40 is the legal limit. The place I worked and most places do 45 hours work weeks without compensating their workers for the extra five hours in an in an illegal way. Like it's a very legally questionable thing. It is 40-45. Uh, is the legal limit, 45 is the de facto limit. And I worked a 45 hours place. 
But are you including the uh, launch times or? Oh. No, I am not including the launch time. Uh, when you divide 45 by 5, you get 9. And what I what happened was there was one hour lunch break. And I spent 10 hours each day in the working place. Jeez. Okay. Uh, one of those hours was... You know, and, uh, and they also expected him to come to work. I am going to get there later. Okay, sorry. Um, one hour uh, of lunchtime. And during my entire working uh, life, I always thought I've, I should be able to uh, cancel lunch for myself. I don't do lunch. I do two, I do breakfast and dinner. I don't do lunch. Um, but that's irrelevant. What is relevant is I always wanted to say that I don't want a lunch break. I want to work for nine hours straight and then go home one hour early. I always wanted that, but that, that was never allowed. Or I wanted to say like one day I work 12 hours, one day I work for less, for eight hours. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That exactly. kind of compensation, which was also never allowed. Um, and what happened was, this was going on like this. This situation was going on like this. And then one day we were called into a meeting and the boss man basically said, we are doing as much as we think we should be doing. Obviously, the logical thing to do here would be uh, hiring new people, but we are not doing that. <laughs> they, he didn't say that, but that's what he should have done. He should What he should have done was hiring more people. Um, but uh, we aren't doing enough, so we need to do more. So everybody needs to come uh, for uh, five extra hours per week. Gee. And instead of doing this... Instead of doing this in a, uh, instead of increasing the number of hours we spend in the workplace, we thought we can have Saturday work, full full work Saturdays every two weeks. Okay. Are you following the math here? He's saying. Unfortunately, uh, yes. We want 50 hours work weeks, but on average, yeah, average 50 hours, 40, 60, 40, no. Does that make sense? Yes, yes. That's like 14, uh, 47 no, and yes. a half. Uh, for 45, 55, 45, 55 <laughs> is, the, is how we reach to the average of 50. Is yes. One. I said this is preposterous. This is the most ridiculous proposition ever proposed by anybody to me ever in my life. I haven't said those things, but what I said was <laughs> I, I don't agree with this situation at all. What I want to do is I want to come one hour early every day instead. Mm -hmm. So the uh, working uh, day in that company was seven, half past seven in the morning, Whoa. five past, uh, half past five in the evening, 7.30 to 5.30. I started going at 6.30. And since I'm no longer employed here, I don't think there's anything wrong with me saying that. I'm going to tell a little story afterwards uh, about this. Um, that one hour was the best uh, one hour of my day because nobody was around. It was silence. There was no traffic. I loved that one hour. It was, it was brilliant. I really loved it. And yeah, that was the type of working hours that I was dealing with in my previous working place. It was 45 is the legal limit for the last six months. Uh, I was forced to work for 50 for a while. Then I uh, said, 
this is this is such a stupid idea that what little productivity I have left in me is being uh, drained by this stupid uh, thing. So they actually cutted my five hours off. They I I went back to forty five, but by then I already hated the place too much. Mm-hmm. And then I quit it a bit later for different reasons. But uh, I mean, not different reasons per se, but similar. Accumulated. Similar reasons. Uh, so yeah, that's my that's my tale of war. That's my tale of war. What I suggest to people is about even though this is not the topic at all, <laughs> and this was three years ago. <laughs> what I suggest to people is. If you are working in a place, never make the assumption that even though this place is not very nice right now, the boss people, the employers seem like uh, intelligent, forward-looking people. So the conditions will improve. Conditions will not improve. And even if they do, it's purely by chance. You shouldn't rely on conditions improving when you are getting in a job. You should assume that the conditions you are dealt with is slightly better than the conditions you are going to be facing for the next one one or two years. And then you should decide if you are okay with that. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, I was in this work, um, like, what what's it called? Job application? I was in this job application meeting the other, like, two months ago, three months ago. Uh, and I asked about their overtime policy, and I said, we don't have overtime. Like, we do... Uh, we don't pay extra for overtime, but we are paying people competitively so that overtime money isn't important. And that was immediately a red flag for me because I know right away that these people want to exploit me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> overtime doesn't matter. Okay. Overtime, overtime. I'm not saying that overtime is a bad thing categorically, by the way. I am okay with overtime as long as you are compensating. Compensated. Yeah. And there is a logical reasoning behind it. I don't want logical reasoning to be, I decided that we work for five more hours for the next indefinite time. That's not a logical reasoning. The logical reasoning is we are launching a product. Therefore, there's um, extra work. The people whose job it is to assign works has screwed up. They are bad at their jobs. <laughs> and these things are, these things should be done last minute. So we are doing overtime. I'm okay with this. I am not okay with overtime as a culture. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, like not having an extra overtime screams that they're just going to exploit that overtime policy. Yeah, indeed. So uh, let me ask you, after my long and uh, tale of war, (laughs) what do you think is an ideal amount of hours should be in a work week? Should should I phrase it again? I don't think I asked this very well. Like, what's your dream? How many hours of work do you do in your dream week? And by, by the way, I say dream week, but don't be like, I want three minutes of work and then going back to home. I, I <laughs> Let's t- try to remain in the reasonable country. Like, I was going to say to I don't dream of labor. You are No, you are expected to uh, perform a work that would actually produce value to the company in, in those <laughs> hour, number of hours. Okay. Well, I'm thinking... <laughs> This is heartbroken. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say two hours. Okay. (laughs) Okay, listen. Uh, The two hours is about the amount of work we do in this company, which is not a company yet, but, you know, sponsor us. Uh, (laughs) Two hours. Actually, we do more than two hours, right, Anas, you and I? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. we carry the yeah. slackership of other people, you and I. <laughs> <laughs> Even for your hobby, you do more than two hours. You are in a terrible place. Okay, but we can start with Enes. Enes, what is your yeah. dream week? I was going to say uh, 12, 20, 20, 20 hours will be enough, I guess. Like if you divide it, like most of the people work like four hours a day. So it makes sense. Like I will only work on uh, mornings and chill the rest of the day. And I will be more effective though. Okay. Um, by the way, the audience doesn't know this, but I am uh, doing this based on the alphabetical order of Discord group, which we are recording. And some of us don't have his real name in his Discord. Does he, Binali? Um, anyway, I just actually, don't know what you're talking about. So I'm gonna say, uh, as, as the next person, Binali, um, I just don't know what you're talking about. Um, my ideal work week is about an average of 24 hours per week, but I am not saying that I want to work 24 hours sharp in every week. I want what I'm saying is. Um, some weeks I will need to work more, some weeks I ne- I'll need to work less, and it will average out to about 24 hours. And I'm not saying I want to be 24 hours in the workplace drinking coffee. What I'm saying is I want 24 hours of productive work. Hmm. Um, so the act- I-, I don't want to be in the workplace at all. I want to be a remote worker. But <laughs> if I was in the workplace, I-, I understand that that number would be higher because of the coffee drinking and such. But as pure workouts, it's 24. Um, uh, for t- your things to work out, you need to be there like for f- 25, uh, 45 hours. One, let me tell you something very funny. Yes. When I was doing <laughs> work, in, work as 44, 45 hours uh, a week, I really worked for those 45 hours a week. And it destroyed me. It obliterated me. I, I, I am fully confident that Nobody can work for 45 hours a week and be productive for all of them. No one can work for that much. Optimal productivity per week taps out at about 20 hours. Um, but I understand that you can be a little, you can have a bit of a less productive hour leeway. So it's 24. If I think like for me, I I kind of relate to what you're saying and I feel in a similar way. Uh, because the workflow is not always the same, right? Um, the thing that you, there are high season and low seasons. And I wish that the the expected work time can somehow be managed in that way. But rather than directly coming from the top, but more like a, hey guys, the final season is coming up. The sales, we need to make sales, whatever, right? Because Black Friday. <laughs> And um, mm-hmm. and then have like a, a little bit longer work hours. I'm not saying 50, I'm not saying 45, but like uh, for me, ideally it would be like, let's during that heavy season, a month period, we can maybe do 40. But then, because that's what needed for things to go around. But after, as things get low, um, 20. Like, you know, just having that kind of like a fluctuation of, Rather than pretending that we have to spend time in the office because there's literally nothing to do at the office, I wish that, you know what? You did all the jobs that you needed to do for today. Just leave and you will get paid for that day. Um, 
I guess that's kind of like a hourly, I don't know what to say, but I kind I wish there was a way to have that uh, flow of working hours, but still maintaining the regular income. Um, I think Elif, um, it is my honest opinion that nobody should ever, yeah, nobody can ever work 40 hours and be productive. I think if a company requires it's all of its employees to work for 40 hours a week, I think that employee needs more workers. I think that's a, a management problem. Yeah. In fact, mm -hmm. I said as much to my manager at the time. I said, if, if this company really needs that amount of work done, then this is a management problem. Uh, this isn't something that workers can solve. He, uh, he basically mocked me when I said this, but I, I still believe that I'm right. Anyway, uh, Zal, what do you think? <laughs> um, well, uh, I have never worked a full-time job and I only did internships where I had little to no work at all. So, um, I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm modeling a um, work week based on a company I um, enjoy their products, the financial diet. Oh, it's um, a good yes. company. I like yeah. their products too. I believe they are doing 32 hour uh, work weeks and they do four day uh, work weeks. And I, I, I might be uh, confusing with some other company policy, but I remember something like um, uh, you can do a four day week or you can do uh, three full two half days, uh, depending on the week you're having. And I, I, I think that's, that would work for me real nicely. Exactly. Yeah. Sounds, sounds like a dream. Okay. And uh, finally, Z Zinele. <laughs> I mean, like, I think work week also depends a lot on like what uh, profession you're in, because not every profession has the same amount of like mental work or like physical work that go into it. I think for myself, like ideally I would rather work at a translation bureau. And I think for me, 30 hours a week would work. But again, like I will be, I'll be repeating your sentiments, uh, like all of your sentiments in that I would rather wish I had the freedom to like distribute that 30 hours within the week, because sometimes you're like, you're on a document, you're just zooming through, you're doing your research, you're just, you have that like energy to go through an entire thing and maybe work even like more than like eight hours a day. And sometimes you just don't even have the energy to go through like a four hour work schedule. But I think 30 hours a week is something I could do and still be like productive in all that hours. I also, would really like the opportunity to work less for less money. Like yeah. I want to be able to say, I, okay, this is my uh, hourly wage. And I make this amount of, I make X amount of money. If I work for five days, I want to work four days and get uh, 0.8 amount of that money. 
I think that's the most uh, that that's what I most want from an employer: the ability to work less for less money. Yeah, but that's also like that's the kind of a thing that's where I can see the need for the minimum to have because if you're working on a project or if you're working on a company, there is going to be like an expectation of minimum so they can like play around, plan around it, not play around, plan around it. So that's a bit of a, like a harder sell that I can say, but that would be a good comfort too. I agree. I mean, no, but it's, it's already a thing that exists though, uh, because what essentially happens is you have a, have the ability to work f- from 40 to up to 80 hours a week. There is already this freedom of movement. It's just, <laughs> it's just on the other way. It, it only goes from uh, up from 40. Yeah. I want that. Uh, so start from 20 mm-hmm. and then hmm. you do. Okay. Exactly. I get what you mean yeah, I get yeah. what you mean mm-hmm. I, 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 what I'm actually against is the concept of full-time jobs I want every <laughs> job to I want jobs to be all half-time jobs with overtime mm-hmm. with voluntary overtime yeah I mean that's the part that gets also murky though because even with those jobs, even like with part-time, I mean, think of like gig economy stuff where the whole sell was you work when you can work, but just ended up being even worse than regular jobs in terms of work hours. I, I totally disagree. I don't think that's true. I don't think that's, uh, I don't think gig work is uh, categorically worse than a real job. I think real job can be much worse than a gig economy because Here's the thing. Here, here's what really killed me with my former company. I remember one day sitting at my table and I realized if I work very hard and if I uh, really do complete what I'm working on and I really succeed in everything, I do a very productive months of work over time. What will happen is I will keep my job and I will maybe get a bit of a raise. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen in gig economy. In gig economy, you do work for longer hours, but um, you you have more, like the amount of work you do is more correlated with the amount of money you earn. In a workplace, that's not the case. Like in, in the uh, place of your internship, a person who works for six hours and a person who works for two hours during the day, mm-hmm. they get the same amount of uh, Promotions and they get the same amount of wage increases usually. Like in a in a in a regular workplace, you have less incentive to work hard than in a gig economy because in gig economy, your income does actually scale with the amount of work you put into it. Well, first of all, I'm just gonna say, my internship was at a government office. So let's be real, no one worked six hours a day in in a government office. That has never happened. But I mean, it also depends a lot on the gig you're working on. If you're more specialized, I think you're more right. But if it's more manual labor gig economy, I think it can get worse. Well, manual economy gig uh, economy is very manual labor gig economy is very bad. It's yeah. like none of us worked in constructions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we aren't in a good position to talk about that. But yes, I agree on that regard. Uh, I agree that uh, the bluer your color gets. <laughs> the more you are incentivized to not be in gig economy. 